Welcome to the audio version of BARG, exclusively for Canadian mortgage professionals who want to avoid losing the rate game by using the credit game to win. To join the conversation for visuals and additional resources, you can go to our private Facebook or LinkedIn page, and all the links and resources are in the show notes. Welcome out to another episode of BARG. I am here with Melissa. And what are we going to talk about today? We're talking about mortgage deferral payments or missed mortgage payments and how that's going to affect your clients when you're submitting deals to the lenders. Yes, we hope that COVID is in the past. And as restrictions ease up, we may not think about it or see it as that relevant. But there's still some scenarios where uh, deferrals are still going to be talked about, or now that underwriters are looking into it a little bit more, something that you need to be aware of and and how to build that before you submit the deal to the lender. Uh, So let's uh, jump into it. Uh, You as the co-host today, uh, let's find out a little bit about you. Uh, This is the first time that we are meeting. uh, So tell me a little bit where you're from, how long you've been in the industry, that kind of thing. Sure. So my name is Melissa Martin. I'm currently um, a mortgage agent with Mortgage Teacher, and that is based out of Southern Ontario. Um, my kind of neck of the woods is Brantford and Paris or Brant okay. County and uh, home of Wayne Gretzky. So yeah, <laughs> that's what we're known for and the telephone. I have been a mortgage agent now for three years and I work very tightly with a real estate group that's well known in the area. Yeah. Uh, I'm a mom of two wonderful kids. I love how you had to add that they were wonderful. Yes. Because they're going to be watching this because they love YouTube. So (laughs) mom's famous now. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Previously was in the healthcare um, setting for 22 years. I was a lab technician there um, at one of the major hospitals in Hamilton. I I really took a liking to mortgages throughout the years. And so um, I was really excited to, to change directions. I'm finding that these days it's the alternative clients and the business for self are are who I enjoy working with. And then the single parents and spousal buyouts, those have been coming a lot um, more recently. So, um, and those are ones that I find that um, once I'm having those conversations with those clients, that those are the clients I'm keeping pretty much for life. So, so you you had uh, sent over uh, a couple uh, examples, uh, which which mm-hmm. were great uh, about deferrals because uh, we have gone through a ton of new experiences, uh, you know, with COVID in general. COVID. And then on the mortgage side, there's there's been some learning curves with deferrals. How does it affect the score? How does it, you know, affect the ability to qualify? And and you've had uh, some interesting run-ins on it. But before we get into that, for those that may be, may be new or, or maybe haven't come across it at all because they just got started in the last, I don't know, year or so, maybe they haven't heard about deferrals. How, how would you define what a deferral is? So um, previous to the pandemic, uh, the easiest way to explain a deferral is if you um, see those ads for the furniture companies when they say, you know, buy now, pay later. Um, but those would, would have been the classic deferral 
pre-COVID. Um, but during the pandemic, um, it was widely advertised that people should stop paying their bills. Uh, the definition is just that um, that the payments are, you've taken a break from the payments and that it was supposed to not affect your credit score. Um, but, um, and, and you were allowed to do it for a certain amount of time. Yeah, and I feel like they did a good job of it not affecting the score, but there's also that underwriter who's now looking like you had mentioned where, hey, you couldn't pay it and now you want more money or now, you know, what's the story behind there? Um, so you, you had uh, Leroy who uh, had come to you. Uh, so maybe share his story. What What's going on there? So Leroy is a very good friend of mine, actually, a great businessman. And he was one of those people that it was offered to him at the beginning of the pandemic. And of course, as a, a business for self, he wasn't sure how the pandemic was going to affect his business. So he therefore took um, advantage of what the banks were offering to him. And he took a break for about five or six months, I think, um, on his mortgage. And he just... He didn't need to financially. He could have afforded to continue to pay it, but he thought, I don't know what the business is going to do. In the meantime, I'll save that money. I'll put it into other investments. And then if anything happens, you know, right. I'll be okay. Because um, once you make a mortgage payment, it's gone, right? That money's gone. But if you put it into investments, it's there if you need it, right? So um, so he came to me uh, looking to refinance to, again, do some more investing. And right. we took his file to a couple of different lenders. And each time the lender came back and said, whoa, whoa, whoa. He checked off every box. So it was right. kind of funny that when the whole package is there and I see it and I'm like, Oh, this is, this is easy, right? This is a, a slam dunk um, that the lenders are still going. Yes. But you took that deferral that we offered you um, and now you want more. So we're kind of, you know, hesitant. Luckily it did close. Everything was good. So win-win. Now, now when, when you were looking at the file, first did did you catch the deferral or was it something where you had that conversation before with him or was it just kind of a surprise when the underwriter made such a big deal about it when you were like he he checks every box why is this an issue so fortunately um i've done a lot of um teaching and learning courses i've read your book um i've taken an underwriting course that's offered by another agent and i have um, really learned how to read a credit bureau properly Good. so i did catch it and nice. um, i could see how many months he had um deferred and that was the first question to me be, from me to him um when i was going through because we were using a bank statement program too where i was looking at deposits so i was actually underwriting the deal for a couple of weeks before I even submitted it. So I knew that the questions were going to be coming. I just wasn't sure. I was hoping they wouldn't, but <laughs> they came nonetheless. So, um, but yeah, it was, it, it was good in that I could prepare in advance to ask the client in order to have a very quick response with the underwriter. And that was super important because if I had any kind of delay 
it starts to raise those red flags with them. Yeah, yeah. it's kind of your your client's always guilty until proven innocent. So you any delay it. or mm-hmm. uh, I don't know what what's the big deal uh, generally doesn't fly uh, too well when when it comes to underwriters. So where it is on the bureau, you could see that he had very good payments previous to the deferral. Then it showed the months of deferral, and then it showed how many months he had been back to regular payments. He had 15 before, and then five kind of deferrals showing up, and then he had the 15 months afterwards where all the payments were made on time, and and obviously it was a a one-time thing, not necessarily he was dependent on it. The TransUnion version of the credit report is, is here uh, to give you a, an idea of what it looks like. Now, you had another client, Poppy and Potter. Poppy and Potter had many, many accounts that were in deferral um, and where they had been missing payments um, and they're, they're, it started to go downhill for them. If I had submitted it to the lender, the question would have been, how can they afford a new payment when they can't afford the ones that they currently are are doing. It was that was a tough phone call. And um, it like I said, it, it kept me up at night because I was really worried for them. And, um, and I hate seeing that people are in, in that kind of cir- circumstance. Um, at the same time, um, I, I gave them the, the knowledge to read your book, <laughs> and to um, start trying to get into like a rec- credit recovery. And I always try to help those types of clients with that um, in a very compassionate way, because I've been there. I've struggled financially um, in my life too. And I know that it's, it can be shameful and embarrassing, but at the same time um, to move forward, it's, it's good just to take the bulls by a horn and, and start getting things cleaned up and start doing it. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. that's a a really good point that as much as it might be uncomfortable for you to say no, you know, it's a learning experience for either you, but also for them as well, just on coaching them through that, seeing how you can help. But at the end of the day, is that going to put them in a a terrible spot? Uh, Most likely (laughs) higher Mm -hmm. interest, higher payments, not going to do any favors for them, you know, if they're already trying to, trying to keep their head above water. So Exactly. And I had explained to them, yeah, I had explained to them, like, listen, you could probably call up another broker and they'll get you into something. But my conscience, I wouldn't be able to, to put you in that position myself. Um, And then I always say, it's not a no, it's just a not right now. Uh, I I wanted to show some different examples of how it shows up on the credit report. I find that a lot of brokers are getting uh, clients sending them the consumer report or, or asking them to to look at the consumer report first before mm-hmm. pulling a, a credit report or a hard hit, a hard inquiry mm-hmm. that, that you would see. Uh, and a lot of brokers are a lot more familiar, obviously, because you deal with it all the day, all, all the time, dealing with uh, the, the broker version, but not so much mm-hmm. on the consumer version. So I just uh, I'll go through some examples here of, of what it looks like. So with the Equifax on the consumer side, they don't note any deferrals. They'll just essentially say there was no payments, but also that there's no past due. It's a little bit harder to really notice what's going on there. And then uh, TransUnion, 
uh, if they pull it on their side, then they have to go into the payment status tab and look in and it shows up as gray. That's just kind of the color code around all of it. And then with Borrowell, they do the checks and some arrows to just make everything a little more confusing, but it, it shows up there as deferred payment. So at least you can interpret that a little bit easier. And then we have Credit Karma who does something similar, but instead of an arrow, they do just a no data or dotted line. So that's how you interpret that if you are ever looking at a credit report yourself or your client's version of the credit report. With the restrictions being removed and hopefully us getting back to what they consider normal, I don't know what normal is, but well, I guess we'll figure that out as we go along. Uh, hopefully there won't be the, the need or I guess so much deferrals going forward. Uh, but I thought it was a good conversation to, to talk about uh, it was actually your idea, and I thought it was great because even though there's no deferrals or, or hopefully no deferrals because of COVID going forward, there are still technically ways that lenders or a client can defer their payments. And it's a conversation that now, because the underwriters are, are definitely looking for it, it's a conversation that you'll probably have to have if it shows up on there. So, uh for for example, uh, there's skip a payment on mortgages, right? Um, that's not something that that uh, I when I was a broker, I never had a an underwriter ever question a skip a payment. It was just kind of like, oh, okay, well, it's not showing as a missed payment; it's just showing as a skip, so it it it's not a big deal. And of course, it's in the contract that they can take advantage of that if if they need to. So. That's something that still exists, uh, and if you see it on the report, you might have to have a story, or not might, you should have a story in place, or at least have that conversation with the client before having it. Uh, one thing I like about your examples, Melissa, is that you, because you were able to catch it, you were able to have that conversation before and either not send it in, in Popper and, uh, or it's not Popper, Potter and Poppy's example, um, but then also for Leroy, you already had that conversation. So that's, that's exactly what you want to do <laughs> to avoid the, the sidestepping or the backtracking with an underwriter. Um, I, can you think of any other examples of when there might be a deferral going forward? Student with, loans. With, Student yeah. loans are, are typically like put on hold for a certain amount of time that's where right. um, after the the person has finished their course, they don't have to pay for X amount of years, um, where when you're pulling it too, and it's putting it into whatever um, platform you're on, like Phylogics, Finmo, Velocity, Velocity, sometimes the, yep. the, the payment shows a zero because on the bureau, it says it's zero, but right. we have to know that the lender is going to say, okay, well, it's zero today, but it's going to be something tomorrow or down the road. So we have to account for that kind of repayment. And then different lenders have different um, ways of looking at repayment for student loans. Calculations on, yeah. on the payment with that. Yeah. So that shows up as a zero rating, uh, which means it's too new to rate uh, is how it shows up. And you could have a student loan that's been around for five, 10 years. Maybe it's a doctor or they've been through residency, all those kind of stuff. Still show a zero there. And 
that's something where you might have to to figure out what the payments are or figure out what the, the lender's calculations are to help you make sure that it's debt service, that you're not sending it in with a zero balance, even though the lenders say otherwise. Um, that's a good example. I didn't think of that one. Uh, the one that I see quite often is cell phones. Uh, lenders or cell phone companies, they'll show it up as like a, it kind of looks like a deferred or a skip payment. But in reality, it's just because the cell phone company doesn't report to Equifax and TransUnion every month. Uh, they'll right. wait a couple months and send it in. And then they'll show a star or an X, depending on what version of the report that you're looking at. And that that's something where uh, I think it would be interesting to know if if brokers have come across that. But either way, yeah, if if the underwriter is asking about it or not, I think it's good for you to have a story or at least recognize what, what's going on there. Well, I don't know. Have you had any experience with, with that? Cell phones. I've never had an underwriter really okay. question a cell phone unless it was in collections, unfortunately. Right. Um, but uh, yeah, it's, that is a good thing for me to put down in my little memory book of when I do see that to question, were all the payments made on time? Was this just a reporting thing that it wasn't reported right. or was there a time when you actually had to um, put the account on pause or something like that? Mm -hmm. That's great. Yeah. And getting that story. Uh, so hopefully mm -hmm. that, that will save someone. I don't know if they've had any issues with that, but um, mm -hmm. I think it's good because that, that natural disaster code uh, that was around before COVID, but is, maybe the the underwriter or sorry the the lenders didn't use it very often now that it's right. in their system i think you'll see it a lot more if there's any kind of massive flooding or fires. or fires or tornadoes locust mm -hmm. invasion i don't know <laughs> <laughs> whatever comes yeah. our way who who knows what 2022 will bring us uh, but i think lenders are going to be more confident using it now that that, that code exists uh, so that's good for, I think, brokers to, to be aware of that. Now, in addition to uh, the deferrals, you also had uh, a client with uh, some late mortgage payments. So Doug was in a situation where he came to me. Um, he had been to another broker. Uh, he, he had been with a big bank forever. Uh, um, and um, during that time when he was with the big bank, he came into a time where things got a little tight. This is before the pandemic. Um, uh, and it wasn't one of those cases where he really knew that you could maybe, maybe his product that he had didn't have a skip a payment or any kind of deferral um, around. And he ended up missing some of his mortgage payments and um, got behind. Um, you can see on the bureau that it was kind of for a short time um, there. Yeah, short and window. It was like, yeah, it was like great payments. And then this short little time of issue and then great payments again. So when it came up for renewal, um, he wanted to, he had bought, um, like he had been in a house that needed some renovations and he wanted to get a little bit of extra cash to do some renovations. He was told no. 
and that it was likely that they weren't going to even renew him due to the fact that he had these missed payments. So he kind of had to scramble. I knew that this was going to be an issue um, up front. So what I did was I, I copied the bureau and I went shopping with BDMs. I got to be honest, the monolines were like, no way, not if this isn't happening. Missed mortgage payment, no. And I'm like, it was yeah, so shut long it down ago. And it, it was this one. And, and he, they said, absolutely not. Sorry, move on to the next. And it ended up that I had to go to one of the big banks. Um, and again, I had to call the BDM first. And he explained to me that it was crucial that I put a lot of information in my lender notes. You want to kind of identify those things up front have those conversations with the with the client and say hey you know what's going on what happened and i always tell my clients that give me all of your truth like i am going yeah. to be that confessional booth that you can tell me everything because i want to know the whole story i want to know all of it i will pretty it up and put it in a nice package with a pretty bow and then i will ship it off to the lender um, I, I mean, with honesty, of course, because we have to be transparent um, to keep right. those good relationships with our lenders. But at the same time, like I can cut out a lot of like the drama of stuff so and, and get to like the, the real reasons why um, the payments have been missed. And and it was a success. He's he's with a big bank with a great rate. He got a little bit of nice. extra cash and um, he is. He's my number one fan now. So and yeah, so you got a hero and, and someone who will <laughs> yeah. uh, preach your name, and uh, that that's awesome. That's Congrats it. on that. Uh, was there anything else uh, that that you wanted to cover? Or, uh, I, I don't have anything else, uh, so I, mm -hmm. I just wanted to to see if there's something that that you wanted to put out there or extra comments that uh, that you wanted to to leave us with. Uh, no, I, I really wanted to thank you for the opportunity to come on and talk to you. Um, I've been a big fan of yours. Exactly. You've helped me a lot in establishing some knowledge on the credit um, side of my job. And um, I think you're actually helping more people than you probably realize because uh, we're all just taking the knowledge that you've given to us and spreading it around everywhere. So um, thank you for that. And I appreciate that you're in, involved in all of our, our groups on Facebook and different right. groups and that you chime in and you're very available. And I appreciate that. So thank you very, very much. That's great. You're very welcome. I, I don't want anyone else to have to read and research as much as I've had to. <laughs> uh, I've, I've <laughs> given up a lot of my, uh, my free time for that. Uh, but it's, it's something that now, because I've spent so much time, it's it's definitely a passion mm -hmm. now. Um, but it's it's something where I'm I'm happy that someone finds it useful uh, and and enjoys it because my kids and my wife uh, don't let me talk about it at all <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or think it's cool whatsoever. But uh, I'm glad that at least there's a few brokers out there, hopefully tuning in that uh, that find some use on that. So uh, I appreciate your insights to this because um, having as a has-been broker mm -hmm. I I know a lot about kind of the ins and outs and 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 but it's outdated and that's something where we're having you in there giving current examples of, of how it relates to the the 
mortgage industry mm-hmm. is extremely valuable. So I, I appreciate you taking the time to help me out today. Oh, absolutely. Thanks so much. As a reminder, if you have any comments, please put them down below. If you had the question, most likely another broker now or down the road will have the same one. If you have a specific client scenario that you want me to review, please send me all the details you can to info at creditgame.net and I'll see how I can help. You can click the see more button in order to get the links and resources that we talk about in the episode. And I look forward to seeing you on the next one.